The reading for today is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. God utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations God has brought upon the earth. For God makes wars cease to the end of the earth, breaks the bow, shatters the spear, and burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is always reforming us in every age. Amen. Once upon a time, there was a pandemic. It found its way into every aspect of life, and no one, regardless of status or wealth or resources, no one could avoid it. For a long time, no one quite knew exactly how it passed from one person to another. And so all kinds of methods of precaution were tried, some of which worked and some of which didn't. Meanwhile, it interrupted every facet of life. Those who had already been close to the margins were pushed into deeper poverty or hunger and fear. The economy came to a grinding halt. Businesses, communities, universities shut down, and neighbors began to fear one another. The very foundations of life cracked and shifted as if the earth itself were groaning under the weight of anxiety and suffering. It went on and on and on as if nothing would ever be the same again. People struggle to understand why, why such a thing would happen. Many believed it was a punishment from God. Others said it was perhaps a, a time of testing to see whether we would truly love our neighbors as ourselves by caring for each other, providing for each other, taking precautions together, trying everything possible to stop the spread of the disease. Some people eagerly embraced medicine and others did not trust it. And over time, the disease revealed the vast disparities all over the place in healthcare and social safety nets, even in people's ability to quarantine. Some could flee to safer ground and others couldn't. If this sounds familiar, 
then, of course, that's on purpose. But in this case, I'm talking not about COVID, but about the bubonic plague, or the Black Plague, which began in Europe in the year 1347. Within a year or two, it killed between 30 and 90% of the population, depending on where you lived. Death rates were much higher in urban areas where people lived closely, densely together. In rural areas where people could stay apart more easily, the plague was still terrifying, but spread less quickly. I hesitate to tell you that the plague remained a danger and a reality in Europe for close to 300 years. Now it would disappear for a while, but then it would show up again, which is what happened in the German town of Wittenberg in 1527. One of the young girls who died during that outbreak, an infant named Elizabeth, was the daughter of Katie and Martin Luther. Today is Reformation Day in the Lutheran Church. It's also, of course, Halloween. But in the Lutheran tradition, this has long been a celebration of the life and the work, the theology, and the ministry of Martin Luther. We honor Luther and his many colleagues, including his wife, Katie, on this particular day because it was on October 31st, 1517, that Luther allegedly posted his 95 theses, his list of 95 things he believed the church needed to change on the doors of the castle church in Wittenberg. There are some dangers with a day like this. For one thing, Martin Luther was a brilliant theologian whose writings and courage changed the direction of history in the Western world. He was also a raging anti-Semite whose prejudice against the Jewish population in Germany fed the fires of hatred that continued long after his death. Luther was bold and brash and unafraid to stand up to the abuses of power in his day, which were many. He was also crude and reactionary, thoughtless sometimes, and deeply flawed. Making this day about him would, for one thing, be horrifying to him. He didn't even like it that people were calling themselves Lutherans in his day. But making this day about Martin Luther would also miss the true gifts of the Reformation. Of all the things you may know about the Protestant Reformation in Europe, one that I have spent very little time thinking about until now, was that the Reformation happened in the midst of a pandemic. Had I mentioned this fact on Reformation Sunday in, let's say, 2017, that probably would have struck us as a sort of interesting historical tidbit. And we all would have thought, huh, wonder what that experience would be like. Hmm. <clears throat> now we can't draw a straight line between the Black Plague in Europe and the COVID pandemic of the last 20 months of our lives. They're not the same. 
for one, there's no question that the massive advances in science and medicine and technology over the past 500 years have radically changed the way we live through a global outbreak of disease. And then, of course, there are the many differences in the diseases themselves. But all of a sudden, we might understand the world as Luther experienced it a little bit better than we did just a few short years ago. The vast gap of those 500 years suddenly seems less of a canyon than it once did. Because now we know, not as a tidbit, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, in our nervous systems, in our dreams, in our very bodies, we know. We know something of what it's like to have the whole world turned upside down. To feel that the foundations of the world are cracking beneath our collective feet. To see firsthand, in real time, how a pandemic doesn't just impact our health, but everything. Our economies, our healthcare, our education, our neighborhoods, our churches, and the way we see each other. It would be far too oversimplified to say that the Black Plague made the Reformation possible. That's, that's just not true. But the Reformation happened in a world where pandemic was a daily reality. And that means the question that Martin Luther loved to ask all those years ago takes on new meaning for us. His eternal question, what does this mean? Martin Luther and other reformers of his day lived with big questions. In their time, struggling through their experience of a pandemic, the church had come to teach mostly that God was angry, a judge displeased with human sin. Even now, this is the way some people understand a tragedy or disaster. We still hear that explanation. But in the 1500s, this bad theology was compounded by the fact that over generations, a great many priests had died of the plague while visiting sick parishioners. And in a rush to fill empty pulpits and altars, the church ordained men, all men, who were frequently poorly educated and highly superstitious, and who were therefore not able to contradict the increasingly toxic theology of their day. Luther was a professor at the local university, so that means he had time to study. And he had had enough of a privileged upbringing he had been educated as a kid, which many people were not, to have the opportunity in the first place. For him and for the many theologians of his day, the primary question was, how can I please this angry God? Here's the thing. I think the Reformation still has a great deal to teach us about life in a pandemic about living through the tectonic shifts in the earth we thought we knew, about how destructive it is when we live in fear of one another, and how much we are built to be in real face-to-face -face community, embodied community together whenever it's possible. About carrying around big questions 
wondering where God is and how God is at work when our life and health and future seem totally uncertain. And about the power of one person or a few people to make changes that we never thought possible. But we're not asking the same big questions anymore. Luther's question, how can I ever please an angry God? I don't think that's our question anymore. It's not our big shared human question. And as much as I love Reformation Day and the scriptures we always read and the hymns we always sing, we can't just make this day about rehashing Luther's questions over and over again. Or maybe better said, if we make this day only about Luther's questions, then we're probably not celebrating Reformation Day. We're celebrating Reformation History Day, which is not the same thing. So what are your big questions? What keeps you up at night? not just for yourself, but for the sake of the world? Is it the path forward as we deal with climate change? A lot of big questions there. Do you have big questions about how the church will survive in a world where we have been apart for so long and where the wider church's influence has been waning for generations? Lots of us have those questions. Maybe your big question is about our emotional health as a human race. How we come through the trauma we've been through over the last couple years, how we deal with the continuing shame that surrounds mental illness. Maybe your big question is about how we will deal honestly and openly and in hope-filled ways with the huge gaps in equity that pervade our world. Your big question might be about the health and future of democracy or the immigration and migration of human beings from one set of man-made borders to another. Your big questions might be about where and how God is at work in a world that seems to have nothing but questions. Today we are reminded that the greatest gift of the Reformation is not Martin Luther, and it's not his theology, and it's not the hymns, although they come pretty close in my mind, and it's, it's not the Lutheran Church. The greatest gift of the Reformation, which unfolded in a world shaped and formed and undone by a pandemic, is the hope that what we see is not all there is. The gift of the Reformation is the clear word that in the chaos and upheaval and the world turned upside down, God is present and working and active with us and for us and among us, even when we cannot for the life of us figure out how. The Reformation tells us that chaos is not a punishment, and the shifting sands of our world are not a condemnation. That when things break, it hurts. 
and it can be frightening. But we can also break open to possibilities that simply were not there before. The Reformation tells us that God is in the asking of the big questions. And with us as we try to live our way into some answers. Luther's best-known hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, was based on Psalm 46, which we heard a short time ago. We think it was written in 1527 or 1528 at the height of the outbreak of plague in Luther's town. His infant daughter had died, perhaps as a result of being exposed to the disease. He himself was in poor health at the time. And the possibilities for actual reform that he had started 10 years before seemed to be diminishing with every day. What he wrote was not a hymn of triumph, a hymn at the end of a long battle, or a hymn of victory when the worst was over. It was a prayer in the middle of a great, big, unsolvable human mess while all the questions were still swirling. It was a hymn of a hope, of hope in a God who teaches us to ask the mighty question, to love the questions, and to love our neighbors as ourselves while we're asking them together. A hymn about a God of our history and our future. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, Though all the world with devils fill and threaten to devour us, we tremble not. We trust God's will. They cannot overpower us. Though evil rant and rage in fiercest war engage, the tyrants doomed to fail. God's judgment must prevail. One little word shall triumph. May we carry this Reformation hope and ask our mighty questions as people who are still being reformed even now. Amen.